0: previously on See You in Another Life, Brothers. Oh, Alright, done with Man from Tallahassee. What's next?
1: Expose,
0: razzle-dazzle.
1: Oh man,
0: I don't want to watch Expose. Let's skip it.
1: No, no, you need to watch it.
0: I'm sorry, are you my mother? Because she knows what's best for me. Other than that, I decide. Where's the remote?
1: I, uh, I don't know.
0: I lost it. No, you know where it is. There's dirt under your fingernails. You buried it somewhere. Dude, this is chocolate. We've been sitting here watching Lost for the last three hours. When would
1: I have buried it?
0: Maybe when you were in the bathroom. That's it. It must be behind the toilet.
1: Man, you're being overdramatic.
0: Overdramatic? Well, now this is happening.
1: What the heck did you did you
0: throw a spider on me? Ow! Yes, a Medusa spider. Now you'll be paralyzed, and I can find the remote and change the episode. Ow!
1: Aha! The spider attracted other spiders. Now we'll both be paralyzed and have to watch the episode together because it's auto playing.
0: Man, this is more disappointing than when I found out Mr. Lashad was the cobra. Razzle Dazzle and welcome to see you in another life, brothers. And hey, bro. Yeah. You know what I just found out? What? Mr. Lashat is the cobra.
1: What?
0: That money's for the orphanage. (laughs) This happened. Oh, man. Yep. We're talking about expose.
1: We we made it, man. We did it.
0: I knew when we started this whole journey, eventually we would get to this point, and it would be one of the more interesting episodes of the whole podcast, probably. So buckle up, people, because we're about to talk about an episode that after the first time I watched it, it left me with a visceral reaction of like, just like, I I had a hard time sleeping after watching this episode yeah. because it's just so disturbing, but also just so out of nowhere. And you, and it is it's kind of universally considered the worst episode of Lost. I don't know if it's the worst episode of Lost. After watching it a couple of times, it's it's okay. It's weird. It's everything. Right? You said yeah. you said there's a lot going on here.
1: <laughs> it if nothing else this episode is just a lot there is a lot that happens and it yeah watching it for the first time in years probably Mm -hmm. for me um it was so interesting with all of that baggage in mind of like yeah this is yeah I I felt the same way the first time watching it this is one where I remember during a commercial break you know you and me and mom and dad were watching this live as it aired. And I remember us being like, this episode is kind of cool. Like they're kind of doing something interesting here. It's like a mystery, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's like a murder mystery. Yeah. And it was like fun for that reason. And then I, I don't remember exactly, but I just have this in my mind of that feeling quickly dissipated with the last (laughs) like moments of the episode. And then we were all like, what just happened? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't remember that it, like initial reaction. I just know that that has always been how this episode has sat with me. Like, this is a fun ride except for what it actually, what we were actually watching all along with yeah. that twist at the end. Yeah. Um, And that's what really mm-hmm. makes it so divisive to me, just the ending. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, there's yeah. probably other stuff too, but you know, especially that.
0: The ending—it's a—it's a—it's a a crazy like pull the rug out from under you. Two minutes—it's like two minutes of the episode, and all just like—it's. I mean, the only other crazy twist I could compare it to is two for the road, which is a great twist, a Mm -hmm. devastating twist. But this is this feels like just it, it when you watch the episode and when you think about it overall in the context of the episode, it's it makes sense and it's. The way I was thinking about it before we came in here was like Nikki and Paolo are sort of a necessary they're they're like they're a sacrifice the show demands, basically. Or like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to quote to misquote John Locke. Or they're 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 like these archetypal characters that they needed to put in there to sort of make a point. Like mm. it's the dark sort of they're taking it to the the ultimate extreme kind of like the most cautionary tale the show can tell or one of the most, but I mean, it's pretty, it's, mm-hmm. it's up there and it, it actually does make sense. You know, expose can feel kind of out of nowhere. And it does. It's like, it's a one-off sort of like no previously ons. So we jump in there, Nikki's running and it's just weird, mm-hmm. but it does kind of fit in the season. It definitely fits when come after, um after the man from Tallahassee, because it's mm-hmm. sort of taking the man from Tallahassee and taking it one step further, basically, from where mm. we see John Locke to where Nikki and Paolo end up. So mm. in that way, it's a dark cautionary tale that needs to be told. I think I do think it needs to be told. I I wouldn't say expose doesn't belong in Lost. Mm-hmm. Sometimes at sometimes I've thought that like if we could just take this out, it would be better. But I do think it it, it serves a purpose. But anyway. Mm-hmm.
1: I I agree. I think that my main takeaway after watching it now, you know, several years removed from all like the initial viewings and all that stuff. Um I I really like I there's a lot about this episode I really like. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that basically the people making Lost decided in season three they were going to take a big swing by introducing us to characters who had been there all along you know like Mm -hmm. supposedly they're just introducing us to them and saying they've they've just been here and this episode was a huge uh they were swinging for the fences in a way by doing something this ambitious um and i think they mostly accomplished everything they set out to do it's just it's got a very stomach turning twist and it can feel like what was the point of all this when, mm. you know, they're, they're just guest stars who uh, were here for a little while, you know, yeah. um, and it, it doesn't really impact anything other than their own story. But I think that's what happens when you need to fill 24 episodes yeah. a year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really cool way to have an episode that's inconsequential otherwise. To mm-hmm. to make it this big project uh of going back and reminding us of characters who've died and all of that stuff. Like it's really cool for those regards. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think I think they what for what they set out to do, it's an amazing episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's cl- it's as close is lost gets to a clip show like a sitcom you know, yeah. a sitcom staple where they go back and it's sort of their version of that and and that's you know, like you say this episode is a ton of different things it's kind of a murder mystery kind of there's so many things but it's also kind of a clip show and and, yeah. and in that sense yeah there are some things in here as we'll talk about that are like that was pretty cool what they did there yeah in a way um you know, you forget about it because you're just focusing on Nikki and Paulo and how just yeah. <laughs> the, you don't like those characters. But <laughs> yes, there's stuff. There's stuff that uh, is kind of neat. Um, yeah, that they do. Um. So let's get it. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we just get into this thing and talk yeah. about these two characters, Nikki Fernandez and Paulo. <laughs> don't know what's <laughs> Um. And uh their exploits, starting with this first flashback Um that, <laughs> like, okay, well, just the, the episode, just, okay, it starts with Nikki running through the jungle, burying something just crazy, and then we get to go to this, and you're like, yeah. oh, it's a Nikki flash, okay. oh, okay. <laughs> what? All right, what's the heck um and just out of nowhere um oh she's a stripper okay uh and then i love what i love about that is it starts out okay the thing i have to say about this is it starts out with this scene with her uh and 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 it's shot normally you know it's Mm -hmm. shot like like a lost episode and so they and then once she sees the guy with the briefcase walking through And then it cuts to this so such a hokey shot of her walking in, like framed. Yeah, and and suddenly it's a soap opera. I love about that they they decide to do that, and I think it it it's one another one thing about expose that I like what they're doing here is they're really doing a meta commentary on television, um, and kind of the the fakeness of it, Mm -hmm. um and there's, it kind of weaves throughout the narrative like the difference between real and fake. And I do think they do some cool stuff with that. But mm-hmm. yeah, right here, they set it up with like, oh, okay, she's on a TV show, just pulling the rug out from you right away.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. One thing that I uh, learned about this episode that I'd never known before, I guess this was in a commentary somewhere I was reading online, mm-hmm. but um, I wasn't able to find the commentary, but uh, apparently... Originally, Nikki and Paolo were supposed to be. They were supposed to have more storyline, and there was going to be a full episode. Um, I guess because people didn't like the characters as much, yeah. they kind of shortened what stuff they would do with them. Mm-hmm. But originally, there was their intention was to do a whole episode of flashbacks where Nikki was in character, and then the twist at the end is that you've actually been watching her on a show playing a character. Uh, so basically like the the flashbacks would be making you believe one thing about her and then at the end you realize like oh that she was an actress. That would have been quite which curious, yeah. That would have been a like a whole different like swing for the fences sort of mm-hmm. standalone episode, you know. Um but I like the fact that like you were saying I love I love how this suddenly is like For me, the the surprising thing in this viewing, because I remember the storyline and stuff, I didn't realize that Billy D. Williams is playing himself. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't I didn't I never I don't think I knew who he was when I first saw this, you know. So Mm -hmm. watching it this time, I was like, wait, he was in Lost? I I like didn't even remember (laughs) that he was in this episode. So and then realizing he's in this universe he's on this show it was really funny to me i love that
0: mm-hmm. i love how his performance just to for a moment, <laughs> it's but, perfect oh you're smart and beautiful too bad you have to die. <laughs> <laughs> My God, just, uh, he played it's such a great character it's such a great just hokey perfect uh that's the money for the orphanage uh <laughs> so, bad. About it. <laughs> so bad so bad um and then yeah just the she gets shot and then we're introduced to Howie this director guy and and then we have the the rather brilliant line I will say I mean it might have been a little telegraphed but I'm a guest star and we all know what happens to guest stars uh is we have yeah to just sit, sit back and appreciate that for a second in the context of the show they 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 basically told us what they're gonna do, uh, (laughs) right from the from the get go, Um, Mm -hmm. and so. But apparently, she's in love with Howie, and she's never gonna leave. I'm never leaving Sydney. I love you. Um, Aww. Aww. (laughs) And that brings us to the next scene where we have Howie and her eating breakfast. And we're introduced to his chef, this guy. Hey, look, Paulo's Paulo's a chef. Maybe that's how they meet. Oh, that's cool. Huh. So she's in love with Howie, and maybe you meet, they meet the chef. And one thing I like about this, moment, this scene is when Howie is like, "I was hiring," and uh, he said he he kept begging me for the job, basically. And apparently, he's the Wolfgang Puck of where I forget where where it was from but it's like didn't that seem a little suspicious to you this guy like this super just brilliant chef he really wants to work for you random tv director guy producer guy or whatever Mm -hmm. but no he's not not suspicious at all
1: yeah i i love this is one of the so as as much as like the characters are still kind of Yeah, just unlikable, you know, throughout the episode. Um, I love how there's there's just something so cool about the storytelling of being able to say like, um, we we know these people end up together on the island for some reason, but like each flashback before then, kind of throws in a curveball of like, you think you know where this is going. And mm-hmm. actually it's a TV show and you think, you know where this is going, but actually they're poisoning this guy and they're yeah. <laughs> there to steal his diamonds. <laughs> and, yep. It's, yep. and it's like fun because it's kind of over the top, every twist, you know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're there to steal a rich guy's diamonds after poisoning him with a secret poison that will look like a heart attack or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they think it is. That's, This is happening in Lost. Yeah. But it's kind of fun because it's so, because they've already acknowledged, you know, kind of the over the top nature of the show that she was on and all that stuff. And so it kind of gives them a little bit of license to do this kind of crazy storyline here. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah, there's more of that fakeness, more of that over the top sort of TV commentary going on here. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. just pulling the rug out for me and Andrea again, again, and maybe we should have seen that the engine would be another <laughs> rug pull because they're doing <laughs> that. <laughs> That's and true. both of these scenes so far.
1: That's so true.
0: But, uh, one thing I wanted to point out as far as fake me f- exposed, which is another thing. I love this title. Yeah. In this episode. Um, Saying the word "love" a lot, and is, and as far as expose goes, so maybe this is revealing things. But ex- expose—it's <laughs> um, a fancy, fancy-sounding title, but it actually is just expose. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this episode is about exposing things, exposing the truth mm-hmm. underneath the the gloss of these things that uh, that look good, but there there's really a, a, a dark underbelly. And Howie, right before he dies, he says. I realize it's not a ring, not yet, but when my wife, and then he like, mm-hmm. I just, I like how they drop that in there. Howie's not really this, the most um, upstanding fellow either. It's like That's everything, true. everything's fake. Um, and uh, then Nikki saying to Paulo as they go into the safe, Ashes are evidence, Paolo. We poisoned him. Let's not poison ourselves. Is another good line that foreshadowing as well. Um, let's not poison ourselves, basically.
1: Uh, uh yeah, that's good. They're
0: they're on that on the road to doing that, but they're they're deceiving themselves into thinking no, we won't. Let's not do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I also i I really like. I mean, it's despicable because they just killed this mm-hmm. guy, but um. I, I've always just thought the line like and her delivery of it the actress who plays Nikki whose name I don't know but yeah. um, she does a really good job in this scene of going from like, like oh Howie you shouldn't have all this stuff mm-hmm. and really caring to suddenly just being like I would have loved it if you could have figured out a way that I didn't have to eat the same food as him you yeah. know like that whole thing just like suddenly just back to you know talking to Paolo as if you know, it's just business as usual or whatever, and she's mad about the way they had to end up poisoning this guy. You know, because it was inconvenient for her. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just a good twist in the scene to show us, like, oh, this is who these people are. So, yep.
0: and then the very next scene with them celebrating, getting away with murder, toasting yeah. to it. Um, and the line where you know Paulo reads the everything. Um, he's chewing nicotine gum. He's starting fresh and he says a toast to our new life together, which is very important for his character. I do, I do like how, as far as Nikki and Paolo go, um, you can kind of think of them as kind of one unit and it's just like, they're both sort of like these bad characters and everything. But they they do a good job of setting the distinction between the two of them,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: because Paulo is he, he, you can sense he's very much like, okay, now we can start life here. The the diamonds were just the the key to mm-hmm. getting there, um, and he's hoping that that's where where they're that's where they're going to go. And as we mm-hmm. see throughout the episode, Nikki's has a little bit of a different view of the diamonds, so they do a good job of creating a distinction between these two characters, even though they're, they're both kind of a unit and we kind of think of them together.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, a, that's a part of this episode that um, you can, you can really forget about kind of like you were saying that there's, there's this whole relationship that has been assumed for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode uh, kind of in a similar way to uh it's interesting. Like it reminds me of Boone and Shannon, like where from the beginning of the series, we were like, Oh yeah, they're like brother or sister or whatever. And then once you get the flashbacks, you realize like, Oh, this is a really complicated relationship, you know, between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting to see in this flashback, how much, um, I feel like Nikki views the relationship um in a very different way from paulo who i Mm -hmm. think cares much more about being close with nikki um than any prize they get you know uh, from stealing and she values the prize more than she values the relationship so
0: yep and then we uh get a nice uh surprise hey look it's it's uh, Boone and Shannon what's up they're not dead they're alive and they're arguing like they always did oh man <laughs> remember that those were the days right
1: <laughs> i i love so um this is where the episode for me really surprised me in a rewatch mm-hmm. the fact that aside from i will say the one thing that took me out of you know, it a little bit sometimes was Boone's hair. Yeah. <laughs> just Boone's looking slightly different. Yeah. But the thing is throughout so much of this episode, I forgot that all of these actors had to return to film mm-hmm. all these scenes because yeah. it felt so much like it was a true like clip from earlier in the series. They mm-hmm. do such a good job of just making it feel natural that it's like, Oh wait. Yeah. Like Shannon and Boone have been gone for a whole, you know, season at this point, like more than a season for Boone and arts and all these people, like they do such a good job of incorporating them and making it feel like it's not forced in any way. Yeah. Um, to me, like that's, that's the magic trick of the episode is that it feels kind of like a clip episode of deleted scenes that they filmed back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other thing about this scene that I like is the fact that, again, the irony of like, please tell me we won't end up like them, yeah. mm-hmm. and all of them end up mm-hmm. dead
0: on the same beach,
1: <laughs> you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh, crazy. Yep.
0: yep. Promise, maybe we won't end like them, and they kind of don't, because you know. Mm-hmm. Shannon and Boone weren't buried alive. Anyway, true. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that when we get there. But yeah, promise me one of them. Like them, I promise. Oh boy. And then, like you were saying, as your 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 point that it's amazing all these characters. This plane crash, yes. montage is incredible. It's amazing. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I'm going. Because you know, I remember like season three. The budget is not nearly as what it was, and probably in season one. And you know, we've we've talked about how the polar bear looked a little hokey and things like that. Mm-hmm. This is like masterclass in, in 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 combining the old footage with the new. They have the practice. They they made this plane crash set again, and they get like there's a there's a when uh, they're following Nikki through it, and they have Shannon screaming. And they, they intersplice the old footage of Shannon screaming, screaming with new Shannon screaming. It's, yes. it's, it's seamless. Even though our hair is a little different, it's seamless. Yeah. Uh, and and then I couldn't believe as well, like John Locke, like when he's helping the guy and everything uh, mm-hmm. away from the thing. And, and they had to reshoot Terry O'Quinn, I'm sure, for like yeah. some of this. And, you know, mm-hmm. Terry O'Quinn, he, he lost a little bit of weight. He looks a little older, a little different now. But here mm-hmm. he looks like he... I I'm amazed at how they did it. Like he looks exactly like, you know, Locke from season 1. Mm-hmm. And and so with in that sense, this is like one of the most amazing scenes of like technically one of the most amazing scenes of the whole season if yeah. you ask me because it's just there's so much going on and it's and I mean even like her looking up at the plane the, the wing and everything it doesn't look like a green yeah. screen. It looks like she's there. So mm-hmm. kudos to them putting this together because that that was impressive
1: yeah i agree that when i was you know using the phrase like they're swinging for the fences like this was the first scene yeah when i was re-watching it where i was like yeah they they this is an accomplishment um that's amazing to be able to do something like that um a couple behind the scenes things apparently they had kept a lot of like the fuselage um like some of that set Uh Uh, and like their prop or set design like master whoever it was had been kind of begging for like two years can we please destroy this stuff or like Mm -hmm. get rid of it because it's so takes up so much space and so i guess like the the producers and stuff were like no we finally have a reason to use it again (laughs) (laughs) this is what we've been waiting for um and so they uh I guess somehow like some of that was incorporated back into it but mm-hmm. um but yeah and then I was also reading uh the guy who Locke was helping in the initial uh like in the original episode they weren't able to like have the same actor back or something oh. so it's like a different mm-hmm. actor that he's helping but you know I mean like they did didn't a good notice. job of, Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um that, too, I, I'm Too I, focused
0: I, on the fact that it looks like Locke, like, like I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, so that's him. That's that's season one Locke. But anyway,
1: I didn't even process that there would have needed to be new footage of Locke. Like I didn't even think about it until I was reading about it, and that's how good it was to me that I mm-hmm. didn't realize, like, oh yeah, of course, of course, because he's like telling her like move, like all that mm-hmm. stuff, and yeah, it's they, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, yep, it's a great. A great uh, clip montage package there. And then the main point of the scene is obviously that Nikki only cares about the bag. She finds Paulo and <laughs> she says, are you okay for a second? And then it's like, where's the bag? Basically. Like yeah. we were just in like one of the most life changing, momentous things in your life. And let's find that bag. Yeah. And that sets up this whole thing with like the bag. Um, and I think this is, where the bag sort of takes the place of kind of like the I don't know how to put this like it's I see the bag is sort of like a symbolism for the out, the the fakeness of TV basically,
2: mm. mm-hmm.
0: um, and so and I'll see I'll show you what I mean as we go along here. Um, And actually, I think this next scene where they're, they're, you know, looking through the luggage and trying to find the bag, and they just literally just saw, they referenced the monster going through the trees and everything. Yeah. And Paolo's like, oh, it's a monster and everything. And he's like, there's no such thing as monster. Focus on the bag. And to me, Mm. that's where it starts. It's like, we just saw something insane. And all we care about still is the bag. Like Mm that they've been they're 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 focused on this thing that doesn't even matter, the bag, when they're Mm -hmm. on this crazy island. And I think it keeps going throughout, but um yeah, the the bag just the the diamonds sort of start to become more and more ridiculous as the episode goes on. But Mm -hmm. we'll keep going there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's again, I mean like It's crazy like this episode that by and large I've I've mostly disliked and dreaded yeah. getting back to. It is fun the way they incorporate like they don't even have to say they don't have to show us the monster. They just have to say like what do you think that was, you know, like that whole thing mm. and we know what they're talking about and that's that's just a cool way to incorporate and explain just how focused Nikki is on the bag the bag and and uh paulo is like we do you even see what's going on (laughs) you know like we survived a plane crash there's a monster you know like all of that there's something out there and yeah
0: Mm -hmm. well paulo has to kind of play by her rules basically otherwise as he admits later he's afraid he'll lose her so he's like i have to yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. i'll keep focusing on the bag Mm -hmm. basically um and they do fun stuff like, hey, guy in the Wisconsin sweatshirt seems nice. <laughs> You're so sweet, Ethan. Uh, we're good judges of character, We, Nikki and Paula. We, we like this Ethan guy, right? Um, <laughs> and then Boone took the water and fun just to relive this, this speech with Jack. Mm. Uh, live together, die alone, bringing that back. I, I will say that you know, like you're saying, I there is there are reasons I don't like this episode, yeah. and I think just Nikki and Paulo overall throughout the whole series, and in this scene when when Jack's coming in and giving they had they they intercut the two of them in mm-hmm. there like with everything else and them kind of looking on like you know like being ins- yeah. almost sort of sort of being inspired. I find that kind of cheesy, um, yeah, because we know who they are. Um, mm-hmm. And it, I don't, I don't like having making the live together, die alone speech feel cheesy because it mm. kind of cheapens White Rabbit a little bit. Like that was a momentous moment at the end of that episode, but yeah. I do like the fact that they they put this speech in there for a reason. Like, and I think it's this line where Jack says, "If you don't want to come," referring to the water then find another way to contribute every man, because every man for himself is not going to work. We can't mm-hmm. live together. We're going to die alone. That, that line is meant for Nikki and Apollo in this episode. Mm-hmm. Sort of like find a way to contribute to the group, mm. like be a part of the group. Um, Cause every man for himself is not going to work. Like you say, when people go off on their own and lost, it doesn't end well mm-hmm. and it's cautionary. And even though Nikki and Paulo are like watching, kind of looking like they're inspired a little bit, they're not listening. I, yeah. I feel like here. But anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah, it, there are, there are moments that, that don't quite land very well. You know, like the cheesiness of that. Mm-hmm. I do like the, if, if they're going to do as close as they can to a lost clip episode. Yeah it's a good moment to touch on and it is a good it's like because that is kind of a thesis statement almost of the show in some ways um it's cool to be like hey these characters were there and they heard it you know but they still chose Mm -hmm. to go the way they did um and so it's an interesting thing to include in this episode uh yeah to to show that like hey they they at least heard it Mm -hmm. and and uh they needed to, especially at that moment to contribute. So.
0: And so that brings us to Leslie Arst. Everyone's <laughs> favorite junior high school science teacher. Apparently I like how they dropped that. In. He's not even a high school science teacher. He's a junior high school science teacher. I <laughs> mentioned that in here, but he's, uh, he's just trying to, you know, Arst, He gets a bad rap because he was kind of a jerk to them when he was doing the whole dynamite thing, but Mm -hmm. he's just trying to, you know, become the next Charles Darwin. I was about to say. He just wants to find his spiders in peace. And then all of a sudden he's accosted by this woman who's manipulating him into getting a map. I mean, can't a guy just find his spiders in peace? You
1: know, somehow, like, it would have been a really funny uh amazing joke i mean lost isn't a comedy but there's comedy in it it would have been great if there was some sort of joke at some point where somehow someone discovered arts notes later and they're (laughs) like this man was a genius you know like (laughs) what holy moly (laughs) this guy would have been the next charles darwin yeah so what a
0: tragedy just couldn't hold the dynamite still enough oh well But yeah, like in the scene, how he compares Nikki to yeah. the paralyzing spider, like in a you know, their, their pheromones would attract all the men, not unlike you, of course, and it's sort of be a like a flattering thing. But he's, he is literally he's comparing her to Medusa, like a yeah, like a, and that is sort of you know it's an <laughs> unknowingly an apt description because she is the manipulator, she is the one who is you know paralyzing in a way paulo even though mm-hmm. she hasn't actually literally paralyzed him yet sort of like just keeping her in her web keeping her him in her web um mm-hmm. and trying to do the same to arst and getting what she wants in that way uh doing whatever she needs to including sleeping with howie zuckerman
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which apparently she did for them
1: i yeah i like how much of this episode is kind of unknowing foreshadowing of where it will go um, and it is, I, I like the fact that they incorporated Arnst in such like a pivotal <laughs> way for this, uh, episode that they would bring back this, this very much side character. Um, but he's the perfect person for yeah. her to, you know, just kind of win over, um, and butter him up to like help them. Um, and he's the perfect person who would say, like, oh, of course, I, uh, I could draw you a map, you know, <laughs> like, uh, and just immediately very confident and be able to point him in the right direction of, because he's a science guy and he wants to prove it. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just it's it's a scene that just makes so much sense uh, and is fun because it brings him back in a comedic way. So
0: also fun. The line from Paulo. I don't trust that guy. We should have listened. We should have gone to Ethan. He would have helped. <laughs> yeah. And then finding the Pearl Hatch and the plane. Like <laughs> that, that was one fun thing. Was just like when, or, or one fun thing, but also one thing that was just like, really? Like these yeah. two found it first. <laughs> I thought our merry band of explorers found it. But yeah,
1: (laughs) it is kind of a, uh, that, that is where, honestly, I feel like we're, we're starting to get to the area where the episode, um, breaks down a little bit for me with stuff like that, Mm -hmm. where it's like, like, Ooh, it's kind of fun. They, they randomly discover this thing that became a like pivotal plot point later, Mm -hmm. but it also feels at the same time, like, um, Like, man, it was such a crazy moment when Boone tripped on something metal in the rain. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, what is this? It's something solid. And, you know, it's the sort of wonder that you would expect. And these people literally, and that was just a sheet of metal, basically, in the ground. You know, like, and Mm -hmm. then they later discovered it's a whole hatch that they couldn't open. Yeah. they're able to open this hatch. And then Nikki's like, nah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, and so it's like, it's really annoying and kind of a weird, it just feels like it, it steps on some of the awe and wonder of like the early episodes of Lost. And at the same time, I have to say, anytime something like that happens in this episode, I feel like it it at least helps um to maybe soften the blow of these characters dying at the end. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it's like you know you're watching it and you're like ah oh, they're so annoying. We don't want to have to deal with them and so and so it's like at least you know this was a one time thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But
0: well that kind of that's what my point is about TV like what I see is the diamonds being TV where I think they do that on purpose to kind of set these characters up as they're so consumed kind of Mm. by, it's almost like the comparison of worshiping an idol to worshiping God. Even it's sort of Mm. like they're consumed with the diamonds. Like this is the most valuable thing. Mm -hmm. And so they see something that's actually infinitely more amazing and wonder wondrous like the, the miracles of this island like as john Locke puts it later in the series this is a place where miracles happen this is mm-hmm. an amazing island and they look at that stuff and they just kind of go eh. and they focus that in on these, these diamonds that actually as sun puts it later have no value here yeah that's kind of what i it's the fake this is the fake thing they're mm-hmm. going after the fake stuff when the real stuff is all around them um yeah. And Paulo wants to go down because he's still, you know, he he's he's not as consumed with the diamonds as Nikki, but Nikki brings him back. Like, no, you have to be as consumed with this as I am, or else we're we're not together anymore. Um mm-hmm. and he just has to go along with it and it it, it wrecks him, mm-hmm. unfortunately. That's his undoing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like how uh Paulo in this scene is like well let's go down there and she's like uh she says something along the lines you know like oh really so like the the diamonds fell out of the plane and then uh, the door opened and they fell all the way down there and like just assuming that he's still you know on the same mission as her when he's clearly like there's a there's something going on on this island let's explore it you know yeah like anyone else would think
0: Mm -hmm. yeah he wants he 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 wants to start a new life together perhaps but like Mm -hmm. he says before and that's it's not happening yeah so they keep going after their diamonds and i wonder if they'll find them but i guess we'll have to find out but why don't we take a break first it's about time so why don't we take a commercial break, and we'll be right back with more See You in Another Life Brothers after this. Welcome back to See You in Another Life Brothers. When we j- left our heroes, we found out that Mr. Lashad was the Cobra, and then Nikki got shot, and that a bulletproof breast isn't a real thing. Now, um, we're going to keep going with more episode—I can't keep this up. But so, in <laughs> fact, we're talking about Exposé. Sometimes I try these bits and I just don't have the energy for them. I don't know, man.
1: Start going and just run out of steam.
0: I run out of steam. Eh, so uh, I tried to be, I tried to do a fake thing, but I'm just gonna be real with you. I'm actually kind of enjoying talking about expose. It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird.
1: I, I'm gonna be honest. I, as much as I joke about, you know, I mean, just uh, expose. Mm-hmm. I and and I've always felt like it was not a great episode mm-hmm. Um, I was really looking forward to getting to it for the podcast because I knew it would be one of the most interesting ones to talk about if nothing else mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and there's a lot that's good about it I'm yeah. surprised with how much is good
0: so speaking of good this next scene has one of the greatest lines in the whole series <laughs> The pigs are walking. The pigs are walking. Yeah. Leslie Arst. Emmy scene right there.
1: I, uh, I see this scene is so great that I thought you were talking about a different line where he says, I'm sorry, are you my mother? Because she knows what's best for me. Oh, yeah, that's That
0: too. <laughs> really, I was so distracted by the pigs are walking, but yes, that's great as well.
1: He is just on fire in this scene he's amazing he's he's
0: <laughs> i never realized it but ours is basically the george costanza of sci- of uh, lost and uh i i'm okay with that it's totally fine you can uh, just imagine just hear george costanza the yeah. pigs are walking the pigs are walking jerry <laughs> yeah but yeah although i will say that this scene otherwise i don't care for it like with Kate explaining about the guns and Shannon's acting out outrage, kind of outraged and like, mm-hmm. eh, they just needed to work that in there, but Arst saves it. He does save it. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. It, and it, yeah. They could have just gone straight to them, you know, in the, in the jungle coming to that clearing and being like, so this is about where they said they found the guns or something. You know, they could have just yeah. done something like that, but it's fun to have another scene with uh, Kate and the, you know, like doing mm-hmm. wearing the same clothes. Apparently they were at that same episode. You know, it's like they got to do the clip show thing, but it I did know. feel a little bit forced. So
0: It did. Yeah, they needed an excuse for him to get to this iconic waterfall mm-hmm. area. Um, and this moment where Nikki's making Paulo get in, the, jump in and go in there and Paulo's resistant because if you didn't need me to find the bag, would we still be together is a great line. (laughs) Like continuing that sort of trajectory. Um, And then Nikki's response, that bag is worth $8 million. Just dive in, Paulo. Like (laughs) still just, she's completely consumed with money. Even though they've been stranded on this Island for and i know they had the days at the bottom of the screen like but the, it's been quite a few it's been a month basically right i forget mm-hmm. but she's still consumed with that and so the fact that paulo dives in finds it but lies to her about it is mm-hmm. very interesting like the unspoken motivation of paulo here even though it's kind of clear that he so he doesn't want the diamonds to be found because he's worried that a loser but he also doesn't completely get rid of them right he holds mm-hmm. on to them and it's like he can't fully let go mm-hmm. and that's his undoing
1: yeah it's yeah it's really interesting because it's like throughout the episode they never they don't spell out um they just show us where he puts the diamonds throughout mm-hmm. you know like here he after she leaves he swims back down there and get gets them you know um mm-hmm. so yeah he doesn't just leave them um and i think part of it is him wanting to try and win her over you know like throughout the episode win her over with believing that the diamonds are lost forever mm-hmm. so like do we have a future together yeah But also keeping the possibility that like, you know, maybe I could uh, just say I found the diamonds, you know, the other day, you know, like he, Mm -hmm. he wants to keep the $8 million as a possibility, yeah. but he wants to know if she uh, would love him without that on the table.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. That's sort of, it's the test, but I think the next scene kind of makes the point very clear where John Locke comes in and he's trying to dig the hole and bury him on the island. And in the old, you know, this is reminding us of the old wise man version of John yeah. Locke that we had for a while there before he became the angsty teenager. Here we see him making a very profound statement. Every man's entitled to his secrets, Paulo. but things don't stay buried on this island. Whatever it is you're hiding, make sure you pick a spot that won't wash away
2: Mm.
0: which is such an interesting line like the things don't stay buried on this island is very much a meta commentary on lost it's like that's what these flashbacks are all about it's like you can't you you can't completely ignore your past your past is still there these diamonds are still there they represent this thing Mm -hmm. and then the 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 other line, which is a little more suspect where he's like, make sure you don't pick a spot. Make sure you pick a spot that won't wash away. It's like that, that line is a little more mystifying to me because is Locke saying that you should try to bury it further? Or is he saying like, don't, don't try to don't bury it. And then it'll come up and bite you basically. Hmm. Or it'll it'll come back to bite you by trying to bury it further. I don't yeah. know. What you have any thoughts on this line?
1: Um I just I yeah I, I like the I like the sage like mm-hmm. nature of Locke again, the return of that early mm-hmm. version of the character. Um and the commentary, yeah, like you were saying of things don't stay buried on the island. I'm not yeah I'm not sure about the you know like make sure uh mm. pl- you find a place that won't wash away um but yeah I've I've always liked just that he gives him the advice um and again going back to the title of the episode um it's kind of like saying you know figure out a way for this thing to not become exposed you know yeah um you you don't uh, d- if you're gonna be burying something do it in a wiser way um, I guess is is the crux of it um, because you don't want to get exposed for whatever you're doing um,
0: yeah 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 it's a or maybe it's just talking literally about the beach eroding it's probably it yeah. yeah yeah it's just he's very literal that man as well he's, he's wise but he's also just a very literal man
1: He's a uh, meat and potatoes, uh yeah. calls it like he sees it. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. He also worked at a box company. Very much straightforward, you know, so Boxman. Complex man. guy. Boxman. But anyway, it inspires Paulo to finally go down into that hole. And uh you know, but he's not going down there in a sense of wonder. He's going down there with a purpose of hiding the diamonds it's like this is all about the diamonds this isn't really about the wonder like it was almost before when he was going to go down there so mm-hmm. the 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 fake thing has robbed the real thing of any sense of adventure and life and vitality basically
2: mm-hmm.
0: and i say that especially because he goes down there and then all of a sudden of course <laughs> hear the others like coming in and <laughs> Like, these people who you've been kind of wondering about this whole time, they come in, he hides in the bathroom, and then he basically hears their whole plot, and like you said before, he kind of goes, eh. okay. All right. And then he just goes about his day. Like, it's... There's... Yeah.
1: This, this scene, I think, is one of those where, again, like, okay. the excitement of it The first time you watch it yeah is so much that it can uh it can obscure the fact that this scene is kind of annoying
0: (laughs) it is it's it's yeah kind of cheesy yeah it's
1: like they come down there they turn on the tv is that him yeah that's him okay you know like that's kind (laughs) of it there's nothing to it yeah did we we have a whole they have a whole binder of information about him, don't they? You know, do they not have that yet, or whatever? Like, but they, they can't get it. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. Yeah, they don't have a photo that they could just. That's him as the guy, and mm-hmm. Jack just happens to be there, like at like sitting by a camera at the time that they turn it on. You know, like so much of it yeah, is like yeah. that. Yeah, but even more infuriating than that is the thing that I never even like noticed i feel like is okay in in this episode earlier in the episode when they find um the Mm walkie-talkie and they're like why did they have a walkie-talkie i really had forgotten about that i was like wait what how does that factor into this episode and then when they show him picking up the walkie-talkie that is such an infuriating thing like yeah why would he not even just make up a lie to everyone else. Like I found this in the jungle or something, Mm -hmm. you know, like just kept it a secret.
0: Exactly. That is the point of the scene. I'm convinced that's the, the point of the scene is not, I mean, at first you watch it and you go, uh, I mean, Ben has the line where he kind of basically telegraphs what he does, which I wish they, it's like, he says, same way I get anyone to do anything, I find what she, what he's emotionally invested in, and I exploit it. That's Ben's basic. He's the manipulator. Yeah, and they didn't have to say that. You know, yeah. if you watch Lost closely enough, you realize that that's what he does. But the point of the scene is not Juliet and Ben. The point of the scene is Paulo. Paulo is the point, and the point is his response to everything, because there's a few things one he hears that they're going to kidnap jack and some other people <laughs> that's so and true. he doesn't tell anyone he that's doesn't so true. go to the other people he keeps it to himself selfishly mm. um and that goes along with basically every man for himself is not going to work but he he does it because he all he cares about is the diamonds and all he really cares about is keeping nikki and so that's sort of like This has nothing to do with that, so I don't care. Um, And the other thing is the walkie-talkie. Like you're saying, he finds a walkie-talkie that they could use to listen in to the others. And then he just, like, keeps it as a souvenir, kind of hidden. Like, he, like, says, oh, that's kind of a neat trinket. And he goes about his day. Like, he has become so numb to the overarching sort of, like, narrative of the show, this is like a meta commentary on the show, like, Mm. the characters that, you know, we love have been so invested in the storyline, because they're invested in living together and not dying alone. On the outskirts, we got these characters that are like, they're, they're, they're every man for himself, Mm -hmm. together, sort of like, we're just going to, I'm just gonna keep my relationship with Nikki, and who screw everyone else, basically. And that this is this is the what we get like sort of like a vapid lifeless like all he cares about is the diamonds and it's a very boring sort of, bleh.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, just think about like all the moments like the others kidnapped Walt. What are we gonna do? Oh, uh, well, let's go. Uh, try and sneak up on him. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's he's got a direct way to listen to what they're doing, and he's like, oh. Eh not gonna bring it up now uh the others have jack and kate and sawyer what are we gonna do you know like so many of these moments when it's like he could have been really helpful
0: Mm -hmm. i mean it's a it's a commentary like i'll bring it up again it's sort of like you know it's funny we're 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 talking about a tv show but i feel like it's a very anti sort of like living like detached from what's going on right in front of you sort of message that the show has because it's Mm. they 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 become consumed with the diamonds. They become consumed with the idol. And then they become as useless as it. They become sort of like, and I think it's also, you know, they they talk, one of the things about Lost that everyone goes like, okay, you got all these survivors and they only focus on a few of them. Mm-hmm. I think you can make, you can look at Nikki and Paulo as sort of the reason why. It's like these <laughs> two are sort of and you can see it without other, maybe other like side characters on the show. They're sort of consumed with just like s- things that are so, that don't matter. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, some amazing things are happening and they're just like, Oh, we're just going to huddle over here sort of thing. Yeah. Um, that's why. <laughs> and also because we can only have so many main characters on the show, but yeah, you know, you can... very true <laughs> The the characters we want to watch are the ones that are adventurous. And Mm -hmm. Nikki and Paolo are not adventurous on this show Mm -hmm. in this episode. They're very much boring in a way. Yeah. Or at least
1: just shrugging their shoulders at the things that were like, that's amazing. Go investigate that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: seriously. But Paolo does nothing. And then that brings us to the next scene, which we saw before where we first were introduced to Nikki and Paulo where Locke is going to the Pearl station and N- Nikki has the line, which has a, an interesting new, when you, you think about it, like what we've just been talking about, you always whine about not being included. Now's our chance. She says. Yeah. to Yeah. Which just is kind of like that. That makes these characters even less likable because <laughs> here's Paulo. He's got all this information. I know where the pearl station is, I know where the plane is, I know what the others are doing. I have the walkie-talkie. And then he's just kind of sitting over in a corner like they don't like me. No one likes me. Well, you're not. Yeah. You're not making any effort to connect with them. You're not mm-hmm. you're not like
1: helping the group. Well, and it's also funny I I, I do really like this moment because of the fact that they planted this in an episode so much earlier where mm-hmm. like his reaction when he hears what they're doing and that Nikki yeah. wants to do it. He's like, you're not serious. You know, like he's kind of panicking because mm-hmm. he's like the only place she won't look is in the place. She didn't want to, she didn't want to go into that hole in the ground. Now she wants, now to, she yeah. does, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Which is funny because now we see the shift between the two of them where Nikki suddenly wants to kind of get involved a little bit because I think she's just kind of getting bored because there's no diamonds. So maybe there's a little growth there where she actually wants to Mm -hmm. interact with the group. But yeah, so Paulo and then, yeah, I love how they explain this scene where we just thought he was going to the bathroom. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just a potty break. no. He's getting the diamonds out of there because he knows they might get discovered. So he's still trying to bury them deep like Locke suggested. Um, Yeah. And this time he just keeps them on him, which is interesting Mm -hmm. too. Like even closer to himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's the part that uh, is interesting, especially to me is that he, like, I think there's a little bit of a back and forth of like his wavering about what he thinks about the diamonds because placing them down in the ground was a safe spot. But then once it was compromised um, or potentially compromised, uh, he just keeps them on himself from here on out um, instead of trying to find a new place. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that almost makes me wonder if he was maybe hopeful about their relationship and that she would you know maybe be caring about him beyond the diamonds and so he could find them again or or like bring them up again or or what but Mm -hmm. yeah
0: well maybe yeah maybe that is because she's showing growth there and that she wants Mm -hmm. to actually interact with some people so maybe because you could look at it two different ways you can look at it that he's he's nervous that she's going to find him down there like Mm -hmm. i don't know why she wouldn't you're gonna look in the top of the toilet but at the same time i think it's more like yeah she he's like you're not serious wait hold on a second you're you're not consumed with the diamonds anymore Mm -hmm. and in the next scene he expresses that kind of like he's saying you know maybe it's a good thing because it would have torn us apart like look we're together this is good Mm -hmm. right Uh, so yeah i think that that might be why he he pulls them out of there sort of like I can, I'm I'm getting to the getting close to where I can feel comfortable, like revealing that I have them. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not yet, maybe a few more days you might've been thinking, but I I think that's, that might be right. What you're looking at it there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like that's the, that's like the hopeful, way of looking at this and i feel like that's what they're leading us to believe with the way they portray Paulo throughout this that mm-hmm. he you know in this scene when he says like maybe not finding the diamonds was actually good for us mm-hmm. um i think he really just wants her to get like his hope is that she would get to that place of believing that 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 they don't need the diamonds. And so then if they have the diamonds, it's, it wasn't, that's not the only reason that she kept him in the picture, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and this scene is like kind of heartbreaking with that in mind, because I feel like she's almost there. And then she sees the gum, you know, that he leaves behind and uh, suddenly realizes mm-hmm. like, oh, he's been lying to me. <laughs> And clearly yeah. he's been manipulating.
0: And immediately she goes for the gun. Like, yeah. you can, I can overlook that actually a little bit. Like, that's why she's arguing with Sawyer, but she's going, she's she wants to kill him basically right here. Like to get the diamonds back. So you realize, yeah. like when, when he says to her, look what it did, it might have torn us apart. And she kind of goes, <laughs> yeah. I, I do like how she plays it in this scene where she's kind of like, yeah, but you can tell she doesn't mean it, and yeah. then this really shows she doesn't mean it. Like, yeah, um, I'm gonna go get that gun, um, and when she goes for it, and Sawyer, um, we're gonna have to talk about Sawyer in this episode, uh, and right here, this is kind of our first glimpse of him so far that we've talked about where he says even if i had a gun i wouldn't give it to you and he's sort of being very wise about it like mm-hmm. like he does have a gun obviously he lies to her but he's he's lying because he understands where she where she's about to go and so in that way it's good but in another way he doesn't do anything about this woman who's clearly on yeah. the on the warpath yeah. so right. in that way he's it's not, it's not redemption. Sawyer is kind of an enigma in this episode a little bit, so we'll have to talk about him. But um, mm-hmm. Nikki storms away saying thanks for nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, you're totally right. Like, at least he had... Well, of course, like, he wouldn't just give a gun to someone yeah. at all. Like, even someone he trusts, I feel like he would still need some sort of, like, quid pro quo. Um. But, like, this person who he doesn't even know, you know, at the end, he's still like, N- who the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that whole thing. Like, he he doesn't even know who she is. So, of course, he's not going to give it to her. But at the same time, you're also totally right. Like, um, someone in the camp is furious and clearly, like, not in a good emotional place and is asking for a gun maybe ask some more questions or, uh, you know, figure out
0: what's going on there. Cause that's not good. And if he knew Nikki, yeah, maybe he'd do that. If it were Kate, yeah. maybe he'd do that. Although it's Sawyer, but still, mm-hmm. I think it's, I'm, I'm glad you brought up who the line, who the hell are you? Because I think even though it's a funny line, it's also very important for this episode. Yeah. Hurley'll say it later in the eulogy. He'll say, "Nikki and Paulo, we I guess we didn't know you very well." Mm-hmm. Like none of them knew them. Yeah. Like they've been on this island for 80 days with all these people and no one really knew them. Yeah. Really they were just point. so insular that uh in their hour of deepest need right here. Mm-hmm. No one uh no one's there for them, basically. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's really good.
0: And so they're left to their own devices. Nikki resorts to Ars' spider collection. Um, it's the old um, Chekhov's spider script writing device. Like, if you introduce a spider that can paralyze people earlier in Act 1, that mm-hmm. spider's got to paralyze someone in Act 3. So of course. Just, that's script writing 101 for anyone out there. It's just Of course. Of course. So... Yes, this this peach of a scene, where <laughs> just you start to, I, you start to slowly put the pieces together, like when it. <laughs> I, although I don't know, actually, really, when it bites Paulo and he's lying there, I don't think. You know, you're just you're just kind of stunned. What's going on here? She's paralyzing him, and then yeah. it bites her, and and you don't even have time to kind of have it dawn on you that we're going to cut back to what we're going to cut back to on the island but yeah yeah it's a it's a startling moment for sure
1: well i feel like i feel like if i can kind of remember if if i'm remembering what i was thinking initially right i feel like it was dawning on me at that point like oh so they're about to wake up on the beach and they'll like you know like it'll be like this crazy twist of like, they're not dead and they'll just be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, they started burying that, you know, like that yeah, old thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, the, this scene um, is where I feel like they, they at least because the episode begins in an over the top way and because it feels kind of like a, um like a classic like a agatha christie novel <laughs> almost throughout you know like the mystery elements of it um like a murder mystery like that's where a character pulling out a jar with a spider and flicking at, mm-hmm. flicking it at someone a poisonous spider that's where like they've earned the right yes. to do it in this episode yes. they set the tone
0: with the uh, the fake Uh, Larger than life, yeah, absolutely, I agree.
1: Yeah, because like, as I was watching it, preparing for this, I was thinking about that. Like, this is such an over the top plot device—the spiders. Mm -hmm. But I feel like because they set the tone of the episode as being like this self-contained kind of wild ride, that it kind of it still works. Um, but it's just on the verge of not working. I would say. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, and then the the heartbreaking moment of paulo you know i uh i'm trying to find the line that he says i mean just him him i'm sorry oh yeah i was uh, i was afraid of losing you if you found the diamonds you wouldn't need me anymore Mm -hmm. um and and the actor who plays paulo i don't know his name either but does a phenomenal job in this scene of like Mm -hmm like the sadness he's able to convey as he's becoming paralyzed um and his eyes are just like full of tears and stuff Mm -hmm. and then he says that it's such a heartbreaking line yeah um it's just devastating to me uh especially because because of where it ends up but like the fact that he thought maybe they would have a future but now he knows that she valued the diamonds over him is just really
0: sad (laughs) Yeah, I will say that I was surprised that this scene made this was an emotional. You know, it got me a little bit. Like this mm-hmm. this moment here. Don't um, yeah. no, remember getting emotional during expose. You just remember it being <laughs> kind of crazy. But yeah, yeah. The, the his line is so heartfelt and so like that. That's it, it, that's what he wanted. He he yeah. didn't. And, and well, Nikki's. Sp- response when he says, "I'm sorry." She says, "You're only sorry because you got caught." Yeah. But then he reveals the truth, which was, "No, I'm sorry because I didn't want the diamonds. I wanted you." Mm-hmm. Is sort of like uh and and she, it it affects her for a moment there, Nikki. I think from you, know, you see it in her face, like a little bit for a yeah. moment, like oh no, sort of like, he really loved me. Uh-huh. That love is an important word. Because you see her at the beginning when she says, I love you, Howie, sort of like, she's just using love. Mm-hmm. And sort of like, as Ben Linus puts it, she's manipulating, like she's making guys emotionally invested in her mm-hmm. just to get what she wants, which is the opposite of love. And he, she, she realizes that he was willing he wasn't hiding the diamonds cuz he wanted to keep them for himself. He was hiding the diamonds cuz he wanted to just have a relationship with her. Yeah. Um and I think that for a moment it's almost there's almost a little hope there. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, of course then all of a sudden the spiders come in. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the spiders coming in that I liked what they did because you know we got the the mystery coming up with everyone wondering what happened, right? And everyone's kind of like monster, monster. Mm-hmm. There's a split second where there's the the noise that the monster makes in yeah. the background, and then the spiders come in, and it makes you think. Mm-hmm. You know, ours said that the pheromones could attract all the spiders, but mm-hmm. one other way to look at this is that the monster. These these are not actual spider these are monster oh. induced spiders yeah like the smoke monster can take the form of anything right why not even spiders and ah. it's like the judgment sort of like um yeah. which is what the monster kind of is there to do with different characters mm-hmm. um and you can look at it that way so i yeah. did
1: see uh something on lost PDO was saying that uh the producers at some point Did say that they that's that's kind of what they intended by including the monster noise in there Mm -hmm. that the monster had something to do with uh her getting bitten there, you know, like Mm -hmm. that it that their their death was kind of uh a result of the monster and that's why they put like the sound noise like the noise of it in there. So, Mm -hmm. um, I guess that was confirmed at some point later. So, so that's funny
0: because that so you think about this episode kind of as a murder mystery like we are mm-hmm. about to talk about they, they do all the tropes yeah and you think about it like oh it's a murder mystery that never really gets solved but yeah it, it does in a way mm. because it's, well you think about it like oh it's just kind of they're they're trying to solve a mystery but really we all know what happened but really there's in a way it's like if you watch closely enough one of the suspects that was suspected was actually mm-hmm. the one that did it like the monster that oh that's are, true yeah like like if you look at it like as a traditional murder mystery and that he got the others it could be the monster it could be sawyer mm. it was a monster in a <laughs> yeah. way or maybe it was just spiders um but yeah.
1: you know i mean uh i i don't mind if we pin this on spiders i hate spiders so
0: it's spiders it was the spiders. <laughs> why did it have to be spiders
1: Th- that's the part of this episode. I when when like m- the multiple spiders start showing up. That's the moment yeah, where yeah. I uh, you just shut out. Tur- I turn my face away from the screen and I'm like, okay, all right, uh, all right. Uh. She's bit. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yep. And the one other thing I'll say about this is, you know, she gets bit and then she runs, and the fact that she doesn't run for help right away.
2: But she She goes and she
0: buries the diamonds, yeah, because she doesn't trust anyone else on that island. Mm -hmm. Like she's she knows that if she goes with those diamonds and she's well, she's convinced that someone is going to steal them from her.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Which is interesting when you think about what happens with those diamonds after she's paralyzed. Like, yeah, she's she assumes everyone else is going to value them like she does but it doesn't necessarily happen that way. So just kind of a commentary on sort of like where you put your most value, like is mm-hmm. it in the, the diamonds or the people? And she puts them in the diamonds and that's her undoing ultimately. Mm-hmm. Cause if she hadn't done that, she would have had more time to actually tell Hurley and Sawyer that she's, I'm. Um, hey guys, I'm about to be paralyzed. Don't bury me. But she only, she can just barely get it out.
1: I also want to suggest that if Nikki had not run to find help, she and Paolo might have survived. That That's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> because here's the thing. Who's going to look around and be like, where are Nikki and Paolo today? Exactly.
0: That's the other thing. Yeah. You make up a very good point. Like no one cares about them because they're not interacting with the group. So the fact that they, they go to, they finally like go to help. She goes for help and Sawyer doesn't know who the heck she is. um, And no one really knows them very well. um, That's yeah. It's like, there's no help there um, because no one knows them. So,
1: yeah, it's one of those things. Like if they had just been there in that, part of the jungle paralyzed for eight hours they probably would have survived
0: yeah mm-hmm.
1: i mean like unless someone stumbled upon them which totally could have happened but yeah you know so yeah, yeah. just kind of that's another a... tragic <laughs> element
0: that's a very good point and then there would be no episode so okay yeah. hey. but anyway so that's nikki and paulo they're they're in the jungle. They're paralyzed. We'll leave them there, and then nothing horrible is gonna happen. And let's go talk about let's go talk about Sawyer Hurley's son Charlie Jin Desmond the whole gang. There's, you know we've been focusing so much on these two characters and we forget about the fact that there are other people on this island. Ah, uh, so true. So we'll have to talk about what's going on with them, and we'll do that after this commercial break. We'll be right back with more see you in another life brothers after this. Welcome back to see you in another life brothers. And now we get to the portion of the show, which is murder mystery. Dun, dun, dun. It's like I was saying, we already kind of spoiled the mystery, but yeah, it is fun. How they sort of set it up here. They're doing something different. You could tell they're having Mm -hmm. kind of fun with it. They're setting up these different characters Hurley's kind of the detective, right? And uh, Sawyer's kind of the the rogue that you can't quite pin down, and it's fun.
1: Mm-hmm. It's and it. Here's the thing: like so much of this episode <laughs> only works because we don't like these characters to begin with. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if it was, if suddenly Lost began an episode with a beloved like a central character we've known for three years, just dead. We would not like, we would not be on board for kind of an interesting murder mystery thing, but the fact that they kind of just like slowly incorporated them into the group this mm-hmm. year, this this season, and then just suddenly have them die at the beginning of the episode. It really works for yeah. a murder mystery <laughs> sort of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: That's why I'm saying they're kind of a you know a necessary sort of, yeah, archetype of sacrifice. You know they got they they had to work them in there to do what they needed to do, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it, it works as a murder mystery, um, and it's kind of funny. I mean, I I I'm not sure if the the humor necessarily works in this one quite like they were trying to kind of pull out Trisha Tanaka's dead sort of level.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. I mean. We got some lines like, you know, dude, Nikki's dead. Who the hell's Nikki? Right. We got, they think they you know, plywood and power lines and then Paolo lies, which is fun, kind of mm-hmm. clever and ironic and all sorts of different things. Um, but yeah, when they come to this crime scene and... You know, Hurley starts talking like that's evidence you're messing up the crime scene, <laughs> which is fun. It, it, it plays into sort of a, the the fake sort of TV sort of idea where there's kind of one level, le- one level removed from this is a very serious, you know, people have died here, but it's it sort of they're they're kind of halfheartedly joking about it in a way, although Hurley's mm-hmm. not intentionally doing it, but they're sort of playing on that like these characters are dead but yeah they're not you know <laughs> we did, like you're saying we didn't really care about them too much
1: yeah and and it's pretty evident that we're not supposed to care too much especially like i was i was really surprised at the jarring moment of suddenly like we don't discover um paulo's body yeah. like the way they do just suddenly they cut to like coming back from a flashback, suddenly we see his dead body, and yeah. we hear them being like, "Oh, this is a trail over here. Oh, I'm guessing that's Paulo." You know, yeah. it's like, like so unceremoniously, mm-hmm. <laughs> like there he is, he's dead too. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm.
0: these characters we didn't even know. Like they didn't the the people on the island didn't know him, the viewers didn't know him, and this is what you get, sort of like. Mm-hmm. Uh, unceremonious reveal of dead bodies yep um and then these you know sawyer pouring out the water like it's like oh it could be poisoned and things like that that are just sort of ridiculous um theorizing that it's the monster um it's all kind of played up like you're saying in that Mm -hmm. um and so I think that brings the, the one the the next one the scene I wanted to talk about is when they're bringing both of them back to the beach the 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 bodies who, not dead bodies but um, mm-hmm. Hurley I forgot that they did this and I thought that you know when we talked about everyone's least favorite ending to a lost episode um, the mm. you're next the yeah. fact that they bring that up again I forgot that they do that. Yeah, I think this is the only time they actually even bring that up. Uh, I feel like the writers just are like, "We have to, we put that in there. <laughs> now we have to um do something with it." So yeah. it's early it, theorizing.
1: It really feels like this episode. Yeah, like there are so many meta moments of mm-hmm. you know winking at the show itself. Like you know who the hell is Nikki? That whole thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I feel like this is another one of those moments where it's like, what did Mr. Echo mean? You know, (laughs) like, like what, what was that even supposed to mean? You know, and so it's, it is kind of funny that they just like include that and the characters are like, oh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I guess we're all next. And then they just move on.
0: (laughs) It's just, it's kind of the writers making fun of themselves. Like, yeah, we did that. (laughs) all right we'll keep keep moving on Uh, forget about it you know just move on one thing i i can't forget about though um it's just to make a sidebar for a second the the jabroni's japanese joke um japanese (laughs) (laughs) emmy level writing right there i'm speechless i'm like did that really just did? Did they do did, that? Did they really just make a jabroni's Japanese joke? Did Jin? I
1: didn't. Even, I didn't even catch that. <laughs> My goodness.
0: Yeah, it, it kind of just happens really quick, and it's almost like a fever dream sort of thing. Like you're you're in the episode, and then all of a sudden, Japanese. <laughs> what?
1: And then uh, Sawyer, I'm looking at the transcript that's online and everything, but yeah. I, I like how I forgot about this too, but uh, Sawyer calls them Nina and Pablo. Yeah, Nina and Pablo. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm.
0: And Hurley does make the the point. Um, it's funny, but it's also, there's a serious point that Hurley's making throughout this with Sawyer, and we're, we're exploring Sawyer's detachment, where he's like, dude, show yeah. some respect, you know their names like Sawyer you're trying to stay you're trying to remain detached a little bit too much here and I think this kind of subtly plays into Hurley which we're going to get to more in season three Hurley becoming Sawyer's sort of weird like Yoda type mentor like kind of making him the greater leader um it's sort of starting a little bit here it was starting in an earlier episode too um but yeah dude you know their names I mean, come on. Yeah. Stop pretending you don't. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene, when they go into Nikki and Paulo's tent, and they're looking at the a few things, they find the the spiders in there. And this this moment is just so adorable in a weird it it's so <laughs> It's why Hurley is the heart and soul of this show, where they're like, "Whoa, look! They have Arst's uh, bugs here, like, uh-huh. and we know what it means. We know, you know, she, they're take. She's taking the bugs, and the when, once you've seen the episode, you understand that she was holding them for to use for her diabolical purposes. But Hurley's assessment of the whole thing was, "Oh, they must have been friends." yeah <laughs> wholesome <laughs> so wholesome it's just so sweet there's nothing more Her, Hurley is assessing things in this he's he's the detective he's not a very good detective but he's he darn it is, is he a hopeful character right because he's sort of trying to bring light in this very dark situation like these two characters who mm-hmm. seem to have killed each other over as we find out diamonds and he's like Trying to find the good in Nikki and Paolo, basically.
1: Yeah, there's and not he much to be found. Well, he discovers something that is amazing to him. Yeah, yeah. Did you just say expose? Whoa, expose!
0: Yeah, that was great. That that whole thing is great. Or yeah, yeah. Whoa, Mr. Lashad was the Cobra. He's like the super, like crazy bad guy <laughs> that everyone's been shrouded in the mystery for like four seasons, and then all of a sudden Sawyer finds the walkie-talkie. Like,
1: yeah, I love this. It's the, cool.
0: Just the meta sort of like, Oh yeah. You mean the bad guys in this, in this show? So Sawyer presents the theory that Nikki and Apollo were working for the others because of the walkie talkie, which is, you know, ironically funny because of the, you know, the comedic irony, like no, Apollo just kept it as a souvenir, but mm-hmm. Sawyer is making this grand sort of theory. Um, which on the surface does seem like it's a it's a sincere like, oh, they were working with the others. But I get the feeling like the more you watch this episode, Sawyer is and it's pretty clear, actually, he's misdirecting and he doesn't sincerely mean a mm-hmm. lot of what he's saying throughout this episode because he's trying to get what he wants, which is she was burying something and basically he just wants it for himself. Yeah. And so this is kind of his way of doing that. Like, hey, look at this they the, they're working with the others meanwhile i'm going to go over here
1: mhm yeah he's kind of following the same pattern what as when he uh you know uh got the guns and everything where he he made them believe it was the others and mm-hmm. then and no it's not the others and they just misdirecting you know once again um mm-hmm. yeah um yeah it's it's just kind of funny to think of him being like yeah paulo he was working with the others meanwhile it's like no it's way more lame than that (laughs) you know like it's so it's so much more underwhelming than you could ever imagine (laughs)
2: Mm
0: -hmm. but yeah like you bring up that he is basically doing trying to do kind of a mini long con again and I love the connection, the, the the out of nowhere, like once again, like this episode is so many different things. Yeah. It's an out of nowhere, like kind of bringing closure to the long con. Like, hey, remember yeah. this thing we did in season two that was crazy and everything? I bet you forgot about like Charlie, which I think a lot of viewers probably did, like Charlie, a fake abducted son. And it's like, yeah we're going to bring that back around <laughs> We're gonna actually bring some resolution to it uh, out of nowhere. So yeah, mm-hmm. they're doing a lot in this episode.
1: Yeah. I was trying to, I couldn't remember where, where that scene with Charlie came, but yeah, it's crazy that like they, they needed to have a redemption arc with Charlie this season, especially, That's true. you know, and it's really cool that, well, we'll talk about it when we get there, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy that it falls in this episode
0: though. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like a, a box on the Charlie redemptive arc checklist that we forgot we needed to check. Cause if they never resolve that, like yeah, if they leave that good. kind of open and you w- go back and watch the series again, you're like, wait, our beloved Charlie kind of faked did this to son and never came clean about it. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah. So Sawyer reveals that he's been holding a gun this whole time um, that the group didn't know about. Mm -hmm. And he continues on this others story and he says he's going to do a perimeter sweep. What the heck's a perimeter sweep? (laughs) Uh, And I love how Hurley's starting to get suspicious. Hurley is the detective and he's sort of like, okay, suddenly there's a new suspect, which is finally confirmed by Desmond where he tells him that he saw Hurley and Nikki
1: mm-hmm.
0: arguing before she died. Dun, dun,
1: dun. And uh, at the same time, Hurley, uh, this this was another one of those lines that I always, you know, I kind of remembered, but I couldn't remember where it fell when when he, uh, you know, is asking him to use his superpowers to, you know, solve the mystery. And mm-hmm. he's like, as far as superpowers go, you're <laughs> just kind of lame, dude. <laughs> i've always just liked that you know it's just like your power kind of sucks you know yeah man
0: come on man kind of a buzzkill desmond we're going back to Paravion. um (laughs) so the plot thickens and so hurley goes over to tell charlie and son about this and there's a little moment that i I didn't notice until the last time i watched this where Vincent comes in and pulls the blanket off of the two of them. And I just, I never thought about it. I just, I was always thought that's kind of like, well, that's kind of weird. He exposes them.
1: Oh yeah. Expose. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, my, uh, my working theory about this has always been that uh, Vincent can tell that they are still alive. They're still alive. Yeah, that's
0: true. He is, he's, he's, you know like at the dog sense.
1: Yeah, he can he can like smell or whatever, like somehow he's just aware that they are alive and he's like you don't cover up living people, you know, and he he's trying to like, you know, uncover them and stuff and none of the people realize what's going on.
0: <laughs> and this did make me wonder. I just had the passing thought like would this have I probably still but what if Jack had been there for this? Like none of these people are doctors or anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they say that, you know, they're paralyzed so that no one could even tell even, you know, yeah. Cause their heart rate just is down so much, but would Jack have been able to figure that out? Probably not, but no <laughs> one. Yeah.
1: Just imagine uh, when Jack returns, you know, uh, later on this season and stuff and, where's Nikki and Paolo? oh well they uh died somehow and there were no marks and stuff did you uh you know like the <laughs> questions he would ask like uh what about uh you know mm-hmm. i'm a little bit concerned mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> you know but jack wouldn't ask about Nikki and paulo because no one knew who they were so yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> oh jack you missed uh nicky and pa- Paolo died who
0: I don't know who that is. I'm too busy trying to uh, <laughs> blow up the others. Yeah. So. that Now we come to the very uncomfortable confession. Where mm-hmm. Charlie has to admit to son. And. I think the thing I'll say about this. Is. Yeah. I, I think that's really the main thing to say. Like we were saying before. Maybe nothing. Not much more to say other than. Charlie, Charlie is a redemptive character in this episode because he's really the only one that willfully exposes something. He confesses. Mm. Every, every, all the other exposing, like with Sawyer, with uh, Nicky and Paolo and all that, it's all, they get found out. But Charlie willfully comes clean and that's why he doesn't get punished. Mm. right Sawyer gets punished he gets slapped Nikki and Paul all get punished big time but
2: mm-hmm.
0: not Charlie um and I think there's that that that's kind of a message there as well sort of like he comes clean on on his own um and that that's why he has a redemptive arc in this season as opposed mm-hmm. to not such so a redemptive arc
1: yeah yeah I love the I love that moment with Charlie because it's like he I think it's cool that they uh, incorporate it at this time in the series when Charlie's days are numbered, and he could just die without. Yeah. You know, you know, he could just be like, you know, I never have to face face this. I never have to own up to it. Um. But he knows that would be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um. And so he just flat out admits it, you know, to son and I think that's a really there's just kind of a powerful thing about it. The the fact that he just he doesn't really try to justify anything that he says. He's just like, you know, I was I was humiliated and Sawyer told me I could do this and it would, you know, uh make things different and stuff. I didn't mean to hurt you and stuff. You know, it's just like I don't know, I think it's a really Cool moment to have a character just blatantly say like I was wrong and I'm I'm sorry, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And I forget. I, I mean, it's funny. I watch this episode. You completely forget about the fact that Charlie knows he's going to die. That adds yeah. to it. Like, yeah, yeah. He's. It's sort of another aspect of fake versus real. Sort of like Charlie has very much because he because it's kind of a gift that he knows that his days are probably numbered. Mm-hmm. Like he actually knows what's most important, versus Nikki mm-hmm. and Paulo who are so blinded by the diamonds, or or Sawyer who's over here doing these things. Charlie knows, um, so that's a very good point. Yeah. So speaking of Sawyer, he comes back, and uh, Hurley's had enough. Like Hurley and all of them have started to suspect that. Sawyer has killed Sawyer had something to do with the death of Nikki and Paula right here. That's kind of what you get yeah. the idea sort of, Of they're like, there's something going on here. And, and so that's what it, it's kind of subtle. It's kind of like implied sort of thing. And that's why Sawyer says, you guys, Oh, I see what's going on here. The villagers got themselves some torches. And then he, he's insulted. I think mm-hmm. here is what, or he, he's, he's sort of surprised almost maybe that they would think that he would do something like that. Yeah. Like just kill two random characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it's a wake up call for him in a way, Mm -hmm. because all he was doing was just going every man for himself to get the diamonds. Mm -hmm. And then this, this makes him like, you know, it's like blood diamonds almost like he is ready to let go of those right away, sort of like yeah. because Sawyer doesn't Sawyer has had some transformation here. You know, he 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 did kill a man. He did he is it he is a murderer, but mm-hmm. he he doesn't want to be that anymore. But he's realizing that by being who he was, again here, kind of closing himself off from the group, it's mm-hmm. sneaking back in on him, sort of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, I feel like if anyone was going to get blamed for, yeah. you know, if anyone was going to have the finger pointed at them for uh, killing them, like, mistakenly believing that, that they had killed them, it would be probably Sawyer among any of the people at the beach. The thing is, it's it's always rubbed me the wrong way that Hurley would be the one to make the accusation. Mm-hmm. because it, it it's hard for me to wrap my mind around hurley so quickly being like did yeah. you kill them um because i feel like he he gets Sawyer and yeah. the fact that he would jump that quickly to like did you kill them you know like i could see him questioning like do you know what happened to them mm-hmm. but quickly being like did you kill them i i don't know i just feel like I would have liked someone else to point the finger at him. Um, mm-hmm. It would have made more sense to me, but I don't know. that. I yeah. feel like that's maybe my, aside from the very end of the episode, that's one of the things that I've always felt like was unrealistic, but I don't know.
0: I think that's why this scene feels off to me. I think you're, you've pinpointed it. The fact that Hurley comes up and says, give me the gun, even though it makes sense because he's the one that was, being the detective yeah. he's that's what the detective would do and that's why the, mm-hmm. you know they're playing in that sort of genre here kind of a detached sort of less than real kind of feel to it yeah um, yeah i think that that yeah it shouldn't have been hurley it should have been someone else but i mean it could even have been desmond or well, no, maybe not desmond i don't know mm-hmm. charlie but um but it makes sense in the, like the detective genre sort of thing. And it makes sense mm-hmm. kind of looking at it from Sawyer's perspective, like that he would not want to be pegged as the murderer.
1: Um, mm-hmm. He still won't
0: go that far. Yeah. Um, even though he's, as we see in the flashback in this place to the next scene where he was, he's not willing to give a hysterical woman the gun, but he's also not, um, you know, Caring enough, or, or, for lack of a better term, loving enough to actually go after her and, or like, bring it up or try to help her. Um, yeah,
2: exactly. And that's
0: why he whispers over about body, "Thanks for nothing," sort of thing. Like,
2: um, mm-hmm.
0: he, he's effect. He's clearly affected by that. That that affected him. Like to see the yeah. woman die that he he wouldn't help earlier is having an effect on him here. Hmm. Yeah. And that brings us to Son bringing down the hammer. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's really much to say about this scene, other than well, I, I the fat the line because we'd have to dig another grave is fantastic. You're gonna tell Jin like stone cold. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like yeah, it is. Jin versus Sawyer. I, Sawyer doesn't. None of the characters really understand exactly what Jin's capable of. That's yeah. the that's kind of the funny irony of the whole series like I don't think you guys you, you don't get it. This guy <laughs> This guy's hardcore.
1: At, ever since season 1, we've kind of forgotten that Jin is hardcore, you know, cuz yeah. like he attacked Michael and all that stuff and so it was like, "Oh, he's, you know, he's kind of a threat in in that sense, you know, like what's going on with this dude. But now he's just like, uh, oh, he'll tag along when we're uh, driving around the Dharma van, and he's a nice guy and stuff. He's learning English, and but yeah, he's yeah he, uh, would kick Sawyer's butt. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Absolutely. But then this next interchange where Sawyer's he she gives him the diamonds, and then he says, "Why are you giving me these?" And she says, because they're worthless here. Mm. I think that, that's a really, uh, and then the slap. But the fact that she points out the very true, the real, the thing that Nikki and Paulo didn't, couldn't fully grasp. Although Nick mm. Paulo got closer. These diamonds are worthless here. Mm. This island is what, this is our world right now. And I think to say that to Sawyer, the guy who, as we pointed out in the long con was always just consumed with his stuff, like mm-hmm. power and stuff. It's, it's, uh, it affects him clearly because then he dumps the diamonds on them at their, at the body. Like, it's like these diamonds are worthless. Maybe stuff isn't all that important. Maybe every man for himself isn't the answer. And I think that's Sawyer turning a corner.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's an interesting kind of commentary for, for the whole episode and, and the series that like these two who, you know, you pointed out the line earlier now that we're at it, like uh, Hurley saying, like, I guess we didn't know you really well, very well, yes you know, as they're, as they're over the grave and stuff. Um, these two who never did anything really to, um, build relationships with anyone else Mm -hmm. on the island and even their own relationship was uh built on sand basically you know it's it's not real Mm -hmm. um they uh die without having been known and uh it's like a poetic thing for sawyer to pour out the diamonds over them saying you know like well here's here's the thing you were pursuing this whole time, mm-hmm. you know, and I guess like n- none of the people care about the diamonds. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just kind of a fitting, tragic, sad ending for, for those two characters with that. But
0: Yeah. I love Hurley's eulogy. Like you're saying, Yeah, um, the line, yeah, I guess I, we didn't know you very well is very, telling in this episode very meaningful but then the line it appears you killed each other for diamonds but i know there were good parts of you to you too yeah you were always nice to me (laughs) and you were a member of the camp um something really beautiful about that those lines right there yeah and it's why hurley is the heart and soul of the show because he he, he gets to what's most important. Like he mm-hmm. understands, he, 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 that's why he's the detective. He's not a very good detective, but he's, he's very good at understanding, at helping people. And if only, you know, he could, Nicky and Paulo could have actually, he could have helped them before. <laughs> but still it's like, mm-hmm. you were nice to me. And you were a member, a member of the camp. Yeah, that's what's most important, guys. It's like being together, and yeah, sad that uh, we had to, um, you know, bury them alive. <clears throat> the, uh, yeah,
1: I, you know, I love the what you were pointing out. Like they, they were one of us. Like they, they mm-hmm. were, they were part of our community. You know, and so that that matters, uh, even though they didn't uh, invest in the community. They didn't dig in the way uh, Jack said they needed to. You know, in that opening or that that speech. You know, the live together, die alone. Like we need mm-hmm. to support each other and all that. But mm-hmm. yeah, okay. So the ending. Yes. I will say again. That as much as I don't like it and it makes me my stomach turn. Mm-hmm. Um for for what they set out to do, yep. it's an incredibly well executed <laughs> twist. <Yeah>. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that moment when Nikki's eyes open, jet mm-hmm. like the timing of it with the sand going over them, like the dirt and everything, them getting buried, is just straight out of a horror movie. Yes. You know, like that it's the way they it's, shoot it, the
0: music, all of it. Yeah.
1: All of it is so incredibly well executed and it happens so fast. And then we're just left with that mound of dirt at the end, and then it's the end of the episode. Um, as much as I don't like it, you can't deny that they did it as well as they could have to accomplish the the terrible twist that they wanted to do. So mm mm-hmm. got to give them so, credit.
0: There's also something about the fact that it's in broad daylight with a group of people just around. Yeah. Like and it plays into the, the last thing I think I wanted to say, and I, I forgot. I wanted to add this. Um, and I think it's appropriate here. Like at this very end, this is sort of what, what I was referring to when I said, this is like the man from Tallahassee, but one step further. Because mm. as we put it up, the man from Tallahassee, it's a John Locke um, in a very depressive cycle where he is hooked, attached to either his father or Ben, these manipulators, and he just can't, you know, he, he's just, he has to be manipulated. That's, mm-hmm. it's like, this is just what I'm doing. Here we see it taken to its extreme where Apollo, he's, the manipulator is Nikki and mm-hmm. she's never not going to be that way. As we see here, it, it, it maybe for a moment there at the end where he, he says, I'm, I, I thought I was going to lose you. And we see a glimmer of hope, mm-hmm. but he's just going after the wrong person. He's going mm-hmm. after and And it, 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 he's so lost in that, that he, he, it, it can't end any other way. Basically they were headed for destruction together. So, yeah this is the ultimate cautionary sort of warning sign of the whole of season three so far and the whole series. I think like when you try to love the manipulator, when you Mm -hmm. submit to the manipulator and you just, you can't get yourself away from it. Mm -hmm. It loses John Locke's kidney. It loses John Locke's legs and it loses Nikki and Paula their lives. So, Mm. It's dark, man.
1: It is dark. And uh, I think, you know, I think the episode, if it just was that Nikki and Paolo, like it's just a tragic one-off episode where they die. um, And, you know, the whole episode is just revealing how they died. It's like, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the extra step of them dying like yes they could have been saved but all of our beloved main characters have have a hand in inadvertently killing them <laughs> mm-hmm. i think that's the part that like i don't think the the uh producers and writers and everything maybe uh realized cuz they were like surprised at the hate that this episode got you know mm-hmm. Like, they were really surprised, like, wow, people really strongly, you know, and and I think that's the part that they didn't quite realize how visceral that would feel for everyone. It's like, because that's, that's the part that's always really been uh, difficult for me, the idea of like, oh my gosh, Hurley and Sawyer, you know, like, that's kind of like the end of the episode is mm-hmm. them, like, putting dirt on top of these living people while they suffocate underneath you know, it's yeah. like, oh, that's so dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like as good as so much of this episode is, you're always gonna be left with that as the final image of it. And that's really hard to stomach. So
0: And <laughs> you're not supposed to like it. You're not supposed to Yeah. I, mean, I I think, you know, it makes sense to not like expose ultimately. In a way. Yeah. You know, I'm realizing it, it's like this episode is a necessary evil. Um, mm-hmm. Not my favorite. Not one that um, it's going to make the top, but it's one that I respect. Dang it, yeah. expose. Do I respect you? Do I respect what they tried to do? And they did pull it off. We didn't like it, but it's the medicine we needed, basically. So, <laughs> all right, I salute you. And uh, I think we can we can move on now. <laughs> If
1: uh, if Trisha Tanaka is dead is like the the super feel good one off episode that we needed. This was like the really depressing uh, and uh, sad uh, uh, one off episode we didn't know we needed to endure.
0: <laughs> yep. Well, we did it. We talked about expose, and, uh, and- we didn't. We actually kind of liked it in a way. So there you have it. Yep. Anything you have to say before we close the book?
1: I, you know, I had fun talking about this episode. There was a lot of good. There's a lot of good, a lot of bad, and you know, that's kind of a microcosm of season three in a way. <laughs> the yeah. The highs are high, and the lows are low, and there's a lot to talk about. So
0: it's a roller coaster. It is. Well, we'll close the book then and turn our attention to next time, which is an episode that it's funny because I, I vaguely remember it. It's one that I uh, overlook a lot. Left Behind. Uh, no. Not the uh, Christian book series. Um, <laughs> <to specify. laughs> Kirk
1: Cameron movies. Kirk and, uh... Cameron
0: movies. No, this is about Kate getting left behind. A Kate mm-hmm. episode, which is one that I. One of the, it's probably the Kate episode I remember the least. So this will be fun. Yeah. Um, We'll explore it. But um, for now, I'll say thanks for talking Lost with Me, bro. Always a good time, even with Expose.
1: Yeah, thanks for uh, enduring it with me.
0: Mm -hmm. And thank you, everybody, for listening out there. Um, And until next time, we will see you in another episode. Brothers. Bye.